This is the On the Banks podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Lance Glenn. Hello, everyone. I am, of course, your host, Lance Glenn, and this is episode 35 of the On the Banks podcast. If you don't already, you can follow me on Twitter at Lance underscore G11. And, of course, you can follow On the Banks on Twitter as well at OTB underscore SB Nation. If you want to listen to any of our previous episodes, you can find them on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Just search On The Banks Podcast. You can find them on SoundCloud. Just search OTB underscore SB Nation. And, of course, you can find all of our episodes at OnTheBanks.com. The winter sports season is over. The birds are out. The sun is shining. It's getting a little warmer outside. The spring sports season is in full swing. For coverage of all Rutgers sports currently in their season and those in their offseason, make sure to go to onthebanks.com. Rutgers brought home two national titles at this year's NCAA wrestling tournament. Nick Suriano went first at 133 pounds, defeating Dayton Fix, and Anthony Ashnall closed it out for Rutgers at 149 pounds, defeating Micah Jordan. These student-athletes achieved greatness here at Rutgers and showed that, yes, you can win big here on the banks. I am so excited for both of them to join me. You know, I wanted to get them on as soon as they won, and I'm glad that they were really able to come on right away. It's been a busy week for them, obviously having come home on Sunday, winning on Saturday, coming home on Sunday, ringing the bell on Tuesday. They're full of interviews. They're full of appearances, but I'm glad that they made time and were able to come on the On The Banks podcast. They really exemplify what it means to be a Scarlet Knight. Both Anthony and Nick put their heart and soul, obviously, into winning the NCAA championship in their respective weight classes this season, and they both impacted Rutgers so greatly for not only next year, but for years beyond. So I am happy to bring to you Anthony Ashnault and Nick Suriano as they sit down with me and we discuss winning a national championship, how they overcame adversity both this year and in years before, what these national championships do for Rutgers wrestling going forward, and really Rutgers athletics as a whole. Because while critics said it could not be done at Rutgers, Nick Suriano and Anthony Ashnault did it. And I am very happy that you listeners get to hear from them directly as they explain to you how they got there and what it means to them to be national champions. Time to talk to the players. Here's your host, Lance Glenn. Joining me now are two athletes that have solidified themselves as two of the best in Rutgers athletic history. They helped lead Rutgers wrestling to a top 10 finish at last weekend's NCAA tournament. And of course, they reached the pinnacle of college wrestling, winning national titles at 133 and 149 pounds, becoming the first national champions for Rutgers since 2003. I am now so excited to be joined by Anthony Ashnault and Nick Suriano. Guys, congratulations on becoming national champions. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having us. Thanks, man. So let's look at what a whirlwind couple of days it's been for both of you, right? You win it all on Saturday. You return home to a big greeting on Sunday. Tuesday, you ring the bell. And throughout the time, you've obviously had people kind of reaching out to, you know, both you, Coach Goodell, uh, Brad as well, to schedule an interview, right? People want to talk to you guys. How surreal has this past week been when you both dreamt of, you know, winning a national title? Did you imagine that all of this would come with it and, and just how special it would be for Rutgers University? Yeah, it feels a little surreal. It's a little bizarre. Uh, it's a lot more than I expected. I mean, the feat of being a national champ is always a goal of mine. But uh, yeah, I knew, I knew, you know, the love from the fans and you know all the attention would come with it. But there's some really amazing uh, people coming out and greeting me, and it's just that uh, we're being recognized like 
through, you know, I think next week we go to the Devils game or something like that. So it's uh, there's a lot of good stuff happening. And uh, just I guess that's what comes with being a national champ. I mean, look, you guys are, you've become, you know, you're already celebrities at Rutgers. You become, you know, basically superheroes now. You know, people, they want to shake your hand. They want to, you know, you to sign autographs. They want to take a picture with you. That's got to be unbelievable. Yeah, it's uh, it's something like that. I feel like we're realizing once, I think we both realized that once we maybe got back around campus, just like, it's like we're freaking legends around here right now. And it's, uh, it's so crazy. Um, it's so crazy how many people I feel like, I was able to touch, and I'm sure he feels the same way. Just how many people that maybe never would have ever re- watched a wrestling match in their lives, but all of a sudden they're watching ESPN on Saturday, Saturday night to see a Rutgers guy win a title, and then it's two guys win the national title. And now it's like, now those kind of people, now we have a lot to live up to as a program, but that's a good thing. There's a lot of excitement, and people are going to be looking to, for the same kind of thing, and uh, and people are greedy. They want more and more and more. So this is great. Uh, but it, at the same time, it sets an expectation for our program, and uh, we got to follow it up. So before we get into the two matches and both your paths to winning titles, Anthony, I want to ask quickly about a nickname and phrase of yours that has really, you know, everyone at Rutgers is familiar with, right? It's really garnered a lot of attention here, and that, of course, is Schnalty B. Mobbin. Give me a little bit of an origin of where that kind of came from and how you kind of developed that, what it means. You know, talk a little bit about, you know, what Schnalty B. Mobbin is. Yeah, well, the development was... Uh, I was living in Tillet, uh, the dorm right across the street here, and we were. I was with a bunch of friends one night. We were listening to songs, and then all of a sudden we would start making remixes to some songs, some of our own, throw our own lyrics in there. And uh, uh, this one, the one song "Shaba" by ASAP Ferg, I ran out to it in the national finals, and the one part it goes in like right when the beat drops, it's like Fergie be mobbing all day, and I was just like having a good time with my buddies, and I was just like. It, my nickname became Schnault at the time. And I was just like, instead of Schnault, I added the Y right on the spot. I was just like, Schnault, be mobbing all day. And uh, that's how it originated. And then once when we would go out with my friends and new people, just messing when we'd mess around as, teen, as uh, 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds, we're just having a good time. And they'd be like, Schnault, be mobbing in front of new people. And like it was just a funny thing, quirky little thing. And then um, I think the way I started competing and uh, it was a little swagger in the wrestling room, and um, I had a little edge about myself. I think it was just a lot of mixtures of different things. It was like um, it was just like having an alter ego on the mat for me, and I liked that, and I wanted to embrace that, and I thought I could make it something special. So I tw- I changed my Twitter handle name to Schnalty B Mavin, and uh, and then this year it just took off to another level. Um, maybe some of the aftermatch shenanigans helped that, but uh, I think people were able to see. That just like it's just an alter ego when you're in the in the moment competing, and when when I'm outside the sport, I'm a nice kid and I'm I'm friendly and I have good character. So I, I try to let people see both of that. So Nick, let's look at your season as a whole, right? Last year at 125, you know you had that target on your back the entire season. You were number one in the country, uh, the favorite to win really every match that you wrestled in. This year, you know you were ranked obviously in the top four the whole season. A couple losses here and there, and that target on your back wasn't necessarily as big as it was before. You know, you weren't always obviously favored to win the match. We at Rutgers, look, we always thought that you were the best wrestler at Run 33, and you obviously proved that this past weekend. But when you thought of how people maybe on the outside were kind of doubting you, those critics, how did that motivate you to ultimately, you know, get past some of those, you know, uh, opponents that you lost to during the season, Michich, Fix, DeSanto, and ultimately win a national title? 
Yeah, um, I don't know. It just makes me think back to when I was, um, I guess, in middle school, man. Like, even growing up through high school, there was odds against me. I mean, odds against me all last season, too, coming to Rutgers, leaving Penn State. You know, I had heard all the, the, oh, he left Penn State. He'll never be a national champ, you know. Oh, he's at Rutgers. Rutgers, you know. I used to hear all that. People would message me and try to belittle me and bring me down. And uh, I believed, you know. I believed in myself. I believed in Rutgers. I, I believed in my decision uh, a thousand percent. It took a little time to, you know, last year I fell short. It took a little time this season, obviously, to, to prove it all the way to the last, you know, the last rodeo, NCAA final. But uh, it took some time. But they say patience is a virtue. And, uh, yeah, it took a lot of patience for me. And look where we're at now, you know, so. Hey, we're here doing a podcast. <laughs> so, so Anthony, you know, you went undefeated this year, but obviously not every match was a blowout. You know, your matches with Mika, uh, Mike Jordan, excuse me, were close. You wrestled tight with Fernie Silva of Indiana, Lugo from Iowa, and obviously Kolodzik in the semifinals. They were all close matches that you had to pull out. For a lot of opponents, you know, wrestling you was their national champion, uh, their national championship. Beating you would have made their season because you were number one, you were undefeated. Did your approach kind of change this year going into matches, knowing that you were a marked man? And, you know, if, if it did, what was different about this year compared to previous seasons in your approach? You know, it's funny, like, everyone always wants, uh, they always wants to be the guy, but then sometimes when people end up being the, the number one guy and you get to that point, it's like, a whole new set of pressures and demands to stay number one and um, this is this is a year that I could look back and say I did a really really good job at at being the the top dog and being the top guy and uh, I took it day by day and match by match and um, of course I looked at the goal to win the national title that was one of that was the biggest one in a Big Ten title right right behind it but at the same time you got to be able to like break that down smaller and uh, I just did a good job taking it day by day, listening to my body if I needed to uh, scale it back in my workload or whether I needed to spike it up and have a tough week of practice. Or uh, I just went week by week and uh, tried not to overlook anyone and just really, really stay at the top of my game the whole time, which which was important for me. A lot of times at the end of the year, I'd be banged up. And after the national tournament, to be honest with you, I felt great. I felt like I could have wrestled on Monday if I had to. But... Uh, I'm not. I'm taking some <laughs> taking some time off right now, but that's just just how I feel, and I feel like that goes to the way that I prepared to prepare for it. And you know, Nick, I found it very interesting this season. You mentioned on a couple occasions that you yourself had some self doubt. You know that you weren't just. At, you know, you weren't at the right place to achieve your goals. You know, I'm a big believer that in order to get to the top, you gotta experience the bottom at some point. What was it like, or excuse me, how did you become yourself again after having that self-doubt? And how did overcoming that self-doubt, you know, help vault you to becoming an NCAA champion? Um, yeah, it's, uh, I just think I was so used to being riding high and, you know, maybe take a loss here and there kind of thing. Uh, I've never, I've never lost three times in a season ever. Um, so, yeah, self-doubt. I mean, I always believed. I always knew, honestly. I always believed. I didn't know. I believed in myself. I, I. You know, I envisioned myself winning the national title. I believed that I was better than the guys in the weight, regardless of their credentials. Um, but, yeah, there was some self, self-doubt self uh, a little bit. There was some negative shatter, and uh, I think everyone goes through that. If not, I mean, they're doing a good job. But uh, I, think, <laughs> I thought I had a strong mind. Uh, you know, and then, you know, the, your own voice, you start you start putting yourself down. You're like, maybe this isn't it. Maybe this isn't my time still. 
Mm. But I was like, no, no, like, you know, I just kept fighting. I just didn't quit. I never gave up mentally, physically, in the mat, on the mat, uh, in training. Just, uh, you know, I was obsessed about making this happen. So I want to hear both uh, for, from both of you on this one. And I want to get your opinion on facing, you know, familiar opponents. Anthony, you obviously went against Kolodzik twice, uh, Jordan three times, name a few. Nick, you went against Fick tw- uh, Fix twice, DeSanto twice, Michich twice, among others. I think it would be both a positive, at least me, you know, someone who doesn't really know wrestling that well, I think it would be both a positive and a negative to face a guy multiple times in the same season. How do both of you uh, approach facing guys you've seen before and, of course, guys that have seen you before? Yeah, I think the better the wrestler, the harder it gets to face him multiple times. Uh, in in terms of you start figuring out what he does really well, what his best attack is, where he's good, whether it's in the neutral, top or bottom positions, and uh, you just start getting getting to know his uh, his tendencies, and it it sometimes creates for a more boring match the more you wrestle the guy. But uh, like in the case of me versus Kolodzik, like the one at nationals might have been a little boring and tentative tentative wrestling, but we wrestled each other so many times and so many practices that it's like none of us want to make the one mistake where we know that we have a chance to uh, exploit the other wrestler. It makes it it makes it tough. And uh, on the other hand, though, then a guy like Micah Jordan, this was the first time I ever this year was the first time I ever had to face him. Uh, so I think even though I wrestled him three times in one season, he was a new. Re- I've never wrestled him growing up. I've never wrestled him in high school or or youth and. Uh, it was a fresh, it was a fresh guy for me. So I think that allowed me to be a little more open. He didn't know, even though he got my, his hands on me two matches before the national finals. It, I just don't. It wasn't enough to feel everything I had. Yeah, that's uh, well said. I kind of, I feel like I saved some tricks. I saved my, you know, my full uh, potential. Or you know, I, I saved things a little bit in my mind, which is probably why I got some of those losses. I mean, but uh, yeah, it's um, I mean, you know. They always say, like, oh, I'm better the second time around. I always believe that, too. Like, it's been a trend for me. I lose to someone, I come back and beat them. That's always been my mentality. You know, the comeback kid, the, the dark horse, I, I kind of lived off that. I've made a name for myself and, you know, growing up that, oh, like, I'm the champ and all that. But in my mind, I always train. I always perform, like, just a, a dark horse and someone who is an underdog. So now speaking of common opponents, Nick, you obviously took on Dayton Fix in the final. And like your matches with him previously, low scoring, very intense the entire time. Long matches too, you know, going into multiple periods afterwards. I thought watching you, you were definitely the aggressor. He was kind of content on, on, on sitting back. You got into overtime, you know, you both get an opportunity on the bottom. It's your turn. He's riding you. Then a stoppage is called with nine seconds left. You know, you break out in like three or four seconds and you tie it up. What was going through your mind as you got down before the whistle blew with nine seconds left? You know, kind of what were you thinking knowing that you had really not much time left and you had to make a move quickly? Uh, I remember exactly, honestly, what I was thinking. I, I remember looking at the clock. I saw nine. I was like, this is it. The ref said something. And I was like, I thought of last year when I lost. So the bad thought. It hit me, and I said, nope, this is it, and I just, I snapped. I knew. As much as there was the fear of that other side, I, I knew this is it, and I had it in me, and I, I pulled it out. And, and I remember saying as I was watching on TV, as you broke free, I was like, Nick's going to win this. You know, there's no way he's, he's going to break free, and you were the aggressor the entire match, and I was like, he's going to take him down in one of the overtime periods, whether it was the next one or, you know, five down the road. It was going to happen. Mm-hmm. 
did you kind of feel the same way after you broke out? You know, yeah. I remember you mentioning on ESPN, you, you had that confidence. Talk about what you were feeling going into that overtime period. I really did. I felt like the score was nothing, you know, it was a equal, equal low score. But I honestly felt the whole time from the beginning, since I looked at him before the match started, uh, till like the match went on, I, I, I felt like I was in control. Last time we faced, it was a little shaky, you know. Uh, I was there. I saw it, and this it time was... it was yeah. This time was a matter of time. I, I really felt, and uh, it showed. I mean, I, I did what I had to do. Now, Anthony, you know, you took on Micah Jordan, obviously for the third time, as I mentioned before. The two matches very close the previous times: fourteen ten at, Cl- at Cliff Keen, then eight six in the Big Ten final. Uh, this weekend to win the title, I thought you really dominated him. You got him on his back. You know, you beat him nine to four. Was there any doubt in your mind going into that match? You know, you mentioned although you wrestled him third time, he was kind of a new wrestler for you. It was your last. Co- it was your last college match. Was there any doubt in your mind that you weren't going to beat him, or were you just fully confident going in? Just like Nick said, I mean, anyone who really could say they never had a doubtful thought or a negative thought, uh, they're doing something I want to know about. Because <laughs> to me, what I really figured out this weekend more than anything in my life is every time I've had the most successful time or the most, uh, the most, I'd say, like tragic or low point in my life, I've had the same exact thoughts. It was just how I reacted to them and, and what, I, what I did to combat those thoughts as they came in. It, it wasn't a difference in when I won... Uh, when I won this title or when I lost in the semifinals twice, I, I had the same the same thoughts of negativity, maybe like not being able to score or not being able to beat the guy I was wrestling or nervous about things he did. But um, this year I was just able to deal with those things in my mind better. And um, I just think maybe all the experience I've had up to this point just helped me get to that. Maybe I had to lose and, and lose a couple times to get, finally get the win. But uh, yeah, I definitely dealt with those thoughts. So you both accomplished so much not only this season but throughout your careers here at Rutgers. You both came in as great wrestlers already, but obviously in order to progress, you need to have a great support system behind you. You know, Coach Goodell, Coach Leonardis, Coach Pritzlaff, people behind the scenes like Brad sitting over there. You know, everyone kind of has a hand in progressing this program forward. I'd love to hear from both of you. How has Rutgers, or how has Rutgers, excuse me, helped you grow on and off the mat and ultimately helped you both become national uh, champions? Yeah, I mean, shout out Brad, first <laughs> off. But uh, for me, it's helped me a lot because when I first got here, I got to uh, I, I got to enjoy a lot of time with my brother, who was a, a director of wrestling operations at the time, and that's just unique. I went to school, and my brother was one of my coaches to me, which was awesome. It helped me grow. Um, as I started making a lot of decisions on my own for the first time, I had I had guidance still, so I, I think I got a big advantage there, and I got to. Uh, create, a, create a unique relationship with them from that. Honestly, man, I'm blessed to be at Rutgers. I love it here. And uh, I'm so happy with my decision, and I always was. But there was, like, some critics, like I spoke about earlier, that kept coming at me, and it's, like, it's it's relevant, you know? There was that thing, like, oh, could anyone win a t- title at Rutgers? Like, you know, never happened. And uh, I w- just being here, having the support, the amenities to do what I had to do, um, and then having my family back that, it's uh it's a blessing to be here, you know, achieving my dream and making it come a reality. 
Now, away from the questions I have planned real quick, do either of you, or maybe both of you two, do you have any funny stories about Coach Goodell? And obviously, Coach won, I think, NCAA Tournament Coach of the Year. Obviously, you know, great accolade for him, and he's really done a lot with this program. But do you have any kind of, you know, funny, uh, goofy stories about Coach Goodell that, you know, people obviously don't get to necessarily uh, see because they're not in the, you know, the wrestling room with you, in the locker room with you? Can you, uh, you know, give us a couple, uh, maybe instances where Coach Goodell, you know, maybe, you know, joked around, made a little bit of a fool of himself? <laughs> Off the top of my head, the only thing that sticks out really is just how quirky and uh, his nervous energy about him on like day, on days of matches or when when you, he knows you have a big match that week and just um, to me it beca- it became uh, just part of our friendship and and the kind of part of the humor in our friendship when he's he's the kind of guy that says sometimes will say the most wrong thing at the worst <laughs> time kind of thing like uh, I'm just thinking about maybe. Uh, in my career, I was wrestling a guy with a great single leg, and you would you would think like you you you're game planning for a match. Maybe let's talk about it on Monday for a Friday match. But now, like Coach Goodale is the guy that you're walking out to the mat Friday, and you finally put your single shot up, and he's like, "Hey, single leg, lefty single leg's coming," and you're like, "Oh shoot!" <laughs> <laughs> and that's all you're thinking about. But no, nah, he's just a lot of energy, and he's a lot of fun. I love him as my head coach, and. Uh, he just brings he brings a lot of energy and a lot of perspective uh, that many head coaches don't have. And Nick, I'm sure he was you know obviously a big reason that you also came to Rutgers. I'm sure he you know obviously made or has made such a, a great impact on you as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he uh, gave me a shot to even come here. Yes, you know, um, like I said, I wanted to transfer and leave Penn State, and uh, Donnie was the first person I contacted because I've known him prior, and then Coach Goodale pretty much approved of it. And ever since, we've just been on a journey to get this done. Uh, yeah, just uh, anything that stands out. I always say the nervousness stuff is a little bit, you know. I love it. It's uh, his energy and passion, and I was so happy when I I won, and he was uh, I was kind of in that that fog when I won, because it was quick, and uh, I saw Goody run, and I looked at him, and I was like, oh, like it's real, <laughs> and it hit me, and then I saw Donnie, and I saw everyone cheering, and I heard everyone. It kind of was like a slow like progression of wow, I just it's over, like I won. Um, and I'll never forget that in my mind, that, that, that vision, it had changed me when I felt that, that energy, like seeing him, uh, I was so happy. I was happy for him as much as I was for me, honestly, cause he could just feel it. So a couple more from both of you, you know, before we wrap this up, Anthony, this was obviously your final season here. And I think everyone wants to know for you, what's next, right? You know, we've heard rumors about potentially joining the staff in some capacity. Uh, you can definitely pursue your wrestling career even further on the international level. Where is Anthony Ashnell going from here? What are the next steps in your wrestling journey? Yeah, the next step right now is just um, to like nothing really. Um, just trying to figure everything out and have like... Uh, have a game plan on just how I could go about all my options in my life are right now and just figuring out what those options are. Um, I'm really open right now and just open to my own mind and what, what's been coming in and out of my own mind. I've just been kind of let flow for right now, and I think I'm just going to take a week and let that happen. And then um, and then it's been crazy around here right now, so much support that it's been hard to even settle down. It's been hard to, it's been hard to take a minute to just think about what's what's really going on in my mind. Uh, I've been getting so much on my phone and just so much love and support that it's been hard to really think about anything else besides what just happened last uh, on Saturday night. So, Nick, you'll obviously be back now for your senior year, coming back as a national champion. You know, team-wise, obviously a top-10 finish, and every year this program has achieved more and more in the national tournament and during the regular season. 
to you as someone coming back next year, how high can this program go next season? And obviously seasons beyond, you know, how much more can this program achieve next year? And, you know, even after you leave? Um, yeah, I think uh, me and Anthony did something that's going to catapult Rutgers wrestling for, for, for a long time, hopefully forever. Um, it's a, I don't know, it's a dream, man. Like Rutgers wrestling, it, it has progressed. You know what I mean? We Last year, I think we took 11th at the NCAAs. I forget. Yes. If I would have yep. won, we yep. top 10, so that's why I remember that. This year, we were 9th. You know, it's like we're pushing. We can get up to top five, you know. As far as I'm concerned, we had two NCAA champs. Iowa didn't have uh, Iowa had one. Oklahoma State didn't have any. They didn't have any, you know what I mean? Penn State had three, like, or four. I don't even remember. Three. three. I think three, yeah, I think so three. So it's like, whoa, if you know, you get, you get another stud, put them in the final, you're top five, you get a champ. You know what I mean? It's like we're right there um, with this new facility. Rutgers is, Rutgers is where it's at. <laughs> I love it. Like he said, around here right now, Rutgers is, is buzzing. And in terms of wrestling, I think uh, we can only go up because that's just how it works. And last one for both of you. You know, speaking of progress, Anthony, in your redshirt freshman year, this team finished tied for 31st, I believe, in the huh. NCAA tournament. This year, again, as we've been saying, it was a top 10 finish, two national champions. You know, you both have shown that you can come to Rutgers, you can achieve greatness, and you could achieve your dreams. You know, New Jersey is definitely the most talented wrestling state in the country, mm -hmm. you know, hands down. Not talking about anyone specifically, but for high school juniors, you know, high school wrestlers that, uh, you know, juniors and seniors, considering schools like Iowa, Penn State, Rutgers, Oklahoma State, and more, what do you guys have to say to them about why Rutgers should be their choice? I would say the biggest advantage we have right now is just the the atmosphere and the electricity we have around our program and the proof that that me and Nick just went through. Um, that the reason you just explained is the exact reason that why I came to Rutgers to get to get this and to get guys that could believe in this process and know that if you do what our plan is, then you have the chance to become a national champion. And um, when when reporters after my match are questioning. If I'm mad about Nick being first, it's like that's like a silly question to me. Like, I came to Rutgers for that kind of thing. Like, like that's what I wanted. So now that it's here, like, you think I'm like I'm? Of course I'm not mad that happened. Like I'm so happy, and uh, it opened the door for me to do it. Cause who knows? You know, you get a guy that lost. Your coaches are a little upset. The demeanor is down. It's it would have been a hard rebound if he went out there and lost, and for me to get it done. So uh, I think you look at just what we were able to accomplish and you could sell it in itself it's just we have two very unique stories homegrown people stayed home and made it happen and uh it's special it doesn't happen everywhere and nick for you obviously as someone coming back your message to kind of wrestlers joining you and wrestlers that you know could be considering rockers yeah um like i i'll just say it like this i was younger um i think winston he was like the stud boom chooses Rutgers, whatever uh, then you get him undefeated, like stuff that's never been done. Goes to Rutgers. I come up to the high school ranks. I go, I stay out, you know? If it's like I go to Rutgers, you just build up an army of people. I just feel like the problem was everyone wanted to leave. There was never a belief, you know? There was never, there was never a proof, you know? You go to Penn State, for example, they have 50 people on the wall. So it's like, oh, I could win it here. Mm. And, uh, now it's like, wow, you got these two guys that did it all in the same year. It's a blessing. There's really not much to talk about. It's about the new, it's like the new era kind of thing. And Rutgers is definitely rising. And uh, it's kind of, that's kind of it. I have no doubt in my mind. 
I want to see it more than anything. Growing up, all I used to hear is, no, nah, you can't you can't go, you know, Rutgers, you know, they always put it down. And uh, that was part of my guts, my decision of coming here, like he said, to do that, to, to prove them wrong. And I feel like this is the kind of place where you get to thrive and do that. And, you know, you guys certainly proved that you can come to Rutgers in, in any sport, really, wrestling, football, basketball, baseball, whatever it might be. You can come to Rutgers and, and you can win a national champion. Rutgers Wrestling's two national champions, two student athletes that certainly represent what it means to be a Scarlet Knight. Anthony and Nick, thank you guys so much for coming on. And once again, congratulations on winning a national championship. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. I want to thank Nick and Anthony for coming on the podcast. You know, I mentioned at the beginning before I sat down with them and we discussed winning a national title, I mentioned that you know many critics on the outside, I'm sure we've all seen them, they said it couldn't be done at Rutgers. You can't win at Rutgers, especially once the Scarlet Knights joined the Big Ten. And Anthony Ashnault and Nick Suriano, they heard that. And Nick Suriano mentioned in the interview that that's one of the reasons he came to Rutgers. You know, he went to Penn State, and you saw 50 people on the wall, but no one was on the wall at Rutgers. He wanted to be one of those first people on the wall at Rutgers, and he was. You can win at Rutgers, and I know I mentioned it in the interview. To all junior and senior New Jersey wrestlers, why not come to Rutgers? Why would you not want to? You can have the opportunity to compete in the top 10 of the NCAA tournament, and you can have the opportunity to win national championships. Nick Suriano and Anthony Ashnault, they proved that you can come to Rutgers and you can be a national champion. They brought you know a lot to Rutgers. They brought more than I think they even know. They brought something special, and they forever created memories here on The Banks. Follow On The Banks on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Just search On The Banks Podcast.